It's Monday morning, it's 9.30, and it's time for Food Talk. I'm Marianne Myers, and I am joined by my fabulous co-host, Linda Perkins. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Marianne. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I am aproned. <laughs> I got my well, apron on. <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> That's always a big relief to all of us who expect you to have your apron on and secretly worry that you Ooh. might have forgotten. So. Yeah. That's very good. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, before we start talking about cooking, which we try to do at least for like five minutes of every food yeah. talk episode, yeah. um, I do want to take a minute and thank everyone who donated to KMUN during the spring pledge drive. Thank you so much, all of you. Uh, you're thank all you. quite spectacular. And I also want to mention that any time that you are able to make a donation to this radio station, you are not um, confined by the yeah. parameters of a pledge drive. We are yeah. always happy to have your help. So if you weren't able to do something during the official pledge drive, or you'd like to do a little something more, you can do that anytime by going to kmun.org and clicking on the donate button. And thank you everybody so very much. You are stellar, all of you. Stellar, completely. Yeah. Yes, it's true. <laughs> yeah, stellar, stellar has seven letters. <laughs> well, one for each of our listeners. Oh, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm confident that every single one of our uh, seven or eight or nine or, you know, the number is... Uh, I can't track it accurately because I have no memory. However, I know it's fairly <laughs> small, and I'm confident that every single one of them has contributed. I bet they're all paid in full members of KMU. Yeah, I, I which bet is really are. cool. Yeah, thank you, all of you. Thank they you. They are, in spite of the fact that they, you know, in spite of food talk. <laughs> I'm thinking. <laughs> no, no. Do we give them useful information? No, now, hardly do we, ever. Do we do it efficiently? No. <laughs> Who has a problem? Are you getting with your that? money's worth? No, not from food talk. Go but, listen to something else. <laughs> and we all do. We all do listen yeah. to lots of other oh, things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I uh, came across in my quest for uh, new re things to cook because seriously, we've been eating at home, home cooking for, for over yeah. a year uh, yeah. through no fault of our own. So um, yeah. I've been trying to expand my tiny little horizons. And one of the things <laughs> that I discovered that I really love is a recipe from Kay Chung, Chun, not Chung, Chun. Okay. Um, for it's called smoky tomato carbonara, but it at which is oh, really? uh, counterintuitive because uh, traditional carbonara has no tomato in it. Yeah, uh, but it two wonderful things I discovered with this uh, recipe, which I love because carbonara is fast. You know, it, yeah. It, if you don't feel like cooking, this is a good thing to to have in your arsenal, uh, but. One of the challenges with carbonara for me has always been the mixing in of the raw egg uh, to get it all just right and try to make it creamy, creamy. and not gritty. And not and, scrambly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's an art. And if you don't do it all the yeah. time, it's hard to get it right 
every time. Um, yeah. And there was, uh, Kay had a tip that was very helpful to me. And that oh, is, really? yes, uh, what she does is mix the, um, the egg mixture. She, I mean, she beats the eggs and then she ladles in a little bit of the pasta water and whips it up really quickly and thereby tempering the eggs and then dumps it into the cooked pasta and it comes out creamy and lovely every single time that makes sense rather than doing the pasta water after yeah exactly that makes sense but the other thing I love about this recipe is that it has uh, tomato paste and cherry tomatoes in it, and it makes it really different, but really delicious. So okay. it's still the same. You're going to use spaghetti or whatever pasta of your choice, and yeah. um, and and some eggs and egg yolks uh, for I think that this the recipe that. Kay gave me, I think, it was for four servings, and, and it's two eggs plus four yolks Okay, um, that need to be at room temperature. That's really um, important. And then okay. um, a half cup or so, uh, mostly more, I think. Because because you need a half cup to for the to make the thing, but you need more for sprinkling, right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, grate up a whole bunch of parm, and then. Um, this particular recipe had bacon as opposed to pancetta or uh, I don't even know how you say guanciale, uh, the cured pork. Oh, yeah. I don't know how to say that either. But um, we're going to call it guanciale. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the word. <laughs> it's the traditional cured pork that you, you know, in, in Italy, carbonara would come with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's pretty hard to find here. But you can yeah. come up with pancetta or just some smoky bacon. And yeah. um, and then a couple of tablespoons of tomato paste and however many mm-hmm. cherry tomatoes cut in half that you want to add. But just caramelizing that tomato paste once the, um, if you're using bacon or something, once that starts to get almost done, tossing in a little um, uh, tomato paste and letting it caramelize and then adding the cherry tomatoes just really makes a... Uh, really delicious pasta dish we can't really call it carbonara anymore but it is um, yeah. delicious and very well i think you can because like when they slice watermelon thin they call it watermelon carpaccio and if they can call that watermelon <laughs> carpaccio you can call that tomato carbonara. oh my god they do don't they oh yeah how precious like words, words don't mean anything anymore oh my gosh <laughs> well that's sort of liberating <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh my gosh. What have you been cooking? I know you're baking like a mad woman all the time. But, yeah, uh, yeah. But what are you eating well, for dinner? Um, after, uh, what was that? Oh, come on, brain. St. Patrick's Day. That's so hard to remember. After St. <laughs> Patrick's Day, and of course, we wore our giant green hats like we do every year. You um, did. I made. Yep, I made, you know, the corned beef, the boiled dinner. That's such an awful name, boiled dinner that I always make. <laughs> but um, I made split pea soup with it afterwards, you know, oh. with, the, with the juice that was left over, and I stuck it in the freezer. And so I took some of that out the other day, and it was really good. I mean, that was, uh, it wasn't my idea. I read it online. But but um, it turned out really good. It was really delicious and um, just a little, it was green-colored and St. Patrick's Day flavored. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. I haven't so made I think split I'll... pea soup for a million years, but, but putting that um, uh, broth in there is a great idea. 
yeah, I think I'll I'll save that every year and do that because there's always more, much more than you eat, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was good. And then, um, oh, I made a, a roll cake. I saw another thing online. I, I really do like having the internet available. I, I learn a lot more than I did before it was invented, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes, way. And um, the thing about making a roll cake is, um, you know, like where you roll it up like a Yule log, that kind of cake. Right. A, je- a jelly roll cake. It's always hard to get the cake out of the pan. And so somebody said, okay, so um, if you can imagine you have your cake and it's baked in your pan and you bake it in a sheet pan that has, um, you know, ridges on it or um, help me the word. <laughs> oh, so, uh, so that it's not lying flat on the bottom. Right, right, right. So, okay. um, so yeah, so I'm um, just uh, the a sheet pan with edges on it and then you you have the cake and it's all you baked mean a in there, rimmed so pan rim that's rimmed the word pan? i couldn't think of is rimmed oh god i'm just losing my mind it's so sad <laughs> just the slow degradation you the know, slide towards this <laughs> death <laughs> i i i have this <laughs> nagging feeling that you and i are like infecting each other <laughs> <laughs> it's contagious i think it is and, well, and, for sure then i've given it to you and i'm well, so sorry i would like to that's apologize all right i've given it back to you all the time so <laughs> it's okay uh, but it's hard to get that cake out without cracking it yes and so um what this woman did is instead of like um turning the cake upside down or the pan upside down and then banging on the counter he said what you need to do is okay if you can picture that you have picked up the pan and you're gonna slam it down upside down on the counter. But instead of just slamming it down flat, that, that edge that when you take the pan up, it's, it's closest to your chin. It's the top edge, uh-huh. the leading edge. And then that is the edge that would go over the farthest away from you. Right. That's what you hit on the counter. And then the cake comes out really easily. Oh, So, so it's not like exactly flat, but a little bit at an angle and the angle is the part that that you bang against the counter is the edge that's farthest away from you and and that worked really good very um, cool yeah cake wasn't cracked or you know might have been traumatized a little but (laughs) just emotionally you know and i couldn't see that in its structure so i was fine with that because i'm insensitive (laughs) and you know we're just gonna Uh, eat it so how much do we have to worry about its attitude (laughs) yeah but then it rolled up real nice. It didn't have cracks where then it turns into kind of like a, you know, sandwich instead of like a roll because it's yeah. like layers. Yeah. It's cracked. So yeah. what do you roll up? What's your favorite filling? Well, the one I was making was uh, carrot cake. So it's carrot ah. cake and then I put like cream cheese frosting in there. But I would like to make a chocolate one now that I'm, um, that there's just this simple thing that really helps get the cakes out and you don't have to wrestle with it so much. Right, right. And, and so, um, um. Because so often it's so big, you know, the pan is 13 by 18. And then if you uh, use a, a sling, parchment sling, I mean, that kind of works. But then it's it's just so easy to have it buckle a little and break. Yep, so, yep. yep. So, the anyway, odds are just, really high that you're yeah, not, yeah. not going to get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. So I think I'll make a, a chocolate one with chocolate mousse. That'll be good. Too. Ooh, that'll be really good. Chocolate yeah. Mousse. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, really. So I've been getting into uh, white beans with greens in a big way. Oh, that sounds delicious. It, you know? it, it can be delicious in so many. I mean, you can. I think uh, we talked about uh, fried rice and other things that are like uh, easily um, vegetarian and morphed into 
things, you know, you can disguise them in so many ways that no, nobody knows you're making the same thing for dinner every night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the, a burrito. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, but we have all of these great, uh, I mean, year round, but even more in the spring, um, really yeah. great braising greens. And uh, my favorite lately is escarole, but you can okay. use kale or ch- uh, collards or chard or whatever you've got. I mean, mustard yeah. greens, all these kinds of greens tossed in with white beans. And if you, um, I've done enough of them now that I, I have opinions about whether or not I want to soak beans and start with dried beans or use canned beans, but there's really mm-hmm. good reasons to do either one. And it yeah. mostly comes down to how much time am I going to spend on dinner? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the, there are really good beans, uh, canned beans yeah. and any white bean. And also I, I put, um, uh, poishish, a white chickpeas, <laughs> Okay. I couldn't think of garbanzo bean. <laughs> yeah. I guess in Italy they're garbanzos, in in France they're pois chiche, in uh, wherever they're chickpea. <laughs> anyway, uh, I put them in the white bean category because I think you yeah. can treat them the same way, and they're delicious. I think you're right. Yeah, but I do really like um, white beans and greens, with or without yeah. smoked, uh, you know, smoky bacon or or pancetta, or anything else you might want to toss in there for uh, just just beans and greens with a lot of seasoning are is fine with me. But there's so many yeah. things you can add to them to make them seem, you know, different than the white beans yeah. and greens you had last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's, there's an Italian dish that I love. I have no idea what it's called. But um, it's um, like half pasta, like not spaghetti, but some kind of shaped pasta, and then half white beans oh yeah yeah and then, like pasta fazool <laughs> i mean that soup that a, with is both. that a soup yeah but this isn't a soup it's like a pasta entree Ooh. and then there's lots of um italian sausage mushrooms onions Ooh. and then a lot of broccoli and, oh, and nice. but just that combination of pasta and white beans was is really good and um not something you might think to put together because they're just you know two starches yeah, but they're great together. They love each yeah. other. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and we love them for that. Um, uh-huh. And right now, the uh, broccolini, I, uh, you know, I, we're going to yeah. turn green at our house. Because <laughs> <laughs> seriously, like, if I think if you eat too many carrots, you can turn orange. I'm, I'm doing the research on how much broccolini you have to eat before you turn green. <laughs> it's so good right now. And sprouted broccoli, um, just really good. I tend to like broccolini better than I like broccoli for some reason. Okay. Okay. Um, I just like it. Yeah, I might too. But but um, I think it's because most of the broccolini that's available or, you know, that I buy here is local. Yeah. And it's just so good. And That's the thing. But like when, when, the, the, um, when you can get the broccoli that the local farmers grow, I mean, it's also just so delicious. But I think most of the year I'm eating store broccoli and that's just not as good as the local broccolini or broccoli yeah, that we get that's right so but, maybe that's why i'm a little biased towards broccolini because almost always it's locally grown when i see it yeah it's so so wonderful and it's really good yeah. grilled and i mean like asparagus it uh it you can lay it on a grill or in under a broiler and just you know roll it around a little yeah. bit in some oil and you got something really delicious but it's also really good in white beans and uh yeah. Um, 
So, yeah. When I roast it in the oven, I also really like it because the, the leaves turn out like kale chips, you know? Oh, yeah, they're delicious and, the, and crunchy. the rest of it is like broccolini, yeah. And the combination of the two just fresh out of the oven is really, really extraordinary. Yeah. So I um I do, most of my vegetables I roast at about 425, but the broccolini I do at 400 because of the leaves. So um, I'll... I'll have, I have a big honking bowl and I um, just drizzle a little olive oil, um, nowhere near what you'd think you would need um, down the side of it. Like, I don't even know if I put a tablespoon in there. And then I'll dump all the broccolini in there, um, chopped in a size that will fit on a sheet pan, you know, so I don't have like any giant spears. And then um, if they're really thick, you know, I'll slice them in half the long way so that they will roast in the time that they're going to be in there before the leaves burn. And then um, salt, salt and pepper, a lot of salt and pepper, and then stick it on the pan, and and it's really good. Just watch it. it get it when the leaves are perfect. So good. It's so yeah. good. Uh, and and uh, at our house, because it's just the two of us, and we're not mm-hmm. ever having any guests anymore. <laughs> uh, so we don't have to mind our table manners. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, we're going to have to relearn our table manners if we're ever allowed to move freely about the cabin again. But I are we talking? Are we talking that I don't want to wash my silverware? <laughs> well, what are is, napkins is, is for? I'd talking? like to know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm talking never, never use a fork and knife on asparagus or broccolini or anything. Just yeah. pick it up yeah. and eat it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know I won't be allowed to go out to a restaurant, even when they, <laughs> even when I'm, you know, even when it's safe to go, I won't be allowed to because my, uh, I've become a heathen. <laughs> Just a bonus of COVID. Uh, we should we should um, figure out a name for that. Yeah, that kind of finger eating something that's. <laughs> cleverer than my brain is right now okay yes. all oh. the seven, seven of you think something up we need a <laughs> we need a term that makes it sound uh acceptable <laughs> yeah yeah how yeah. about that like yeah like not hand gluttony but like elegant <laughs> scooping <laughs> but way better than that <laughs> yeah, we must. Um, I, I want to take a quick sec to remind everybody that, uh, or inform everybody, I don't know if you've just forgotten or you never knew, that uh, fo- Food Talk <laughs> is a co-production of KMUN and North Coast Food Web. Where uh, the, you, know, you know what we should have? We should have a haiku contest. Oh, we could have a haiku contest. A haiku contest about what, what COVID has done to, to your eating habits. <laughs> we could do that and we could have a, a prize Ooh. over and above the fact that your uh, entries will all be read on the radio unless Where they're can... totally profane in which case we can't but we would be like totally appreciative of them privately <laughs> In the privacy of our own homes. Uh, I, I need to figure out how that would work because uh, we can't put that on uh, staff at the station. Oh, yeah. they, they have plenty of stuff without worrying about our uh, crazy ideas. But uh, yeah. I will. Yeah. Uh, maybe I can come up with a way to have an email that's just to us and we could okay. invite people to send us all kinds of things. Yeah. So think up your your how your your uh, your haikus about how how COVID has affected your eating habits, and then um, we'll figure it out. 
or maybe we won't, and then you'll just have a bunch of haikus sitting around your house. <laughs> no, we will. We will. We <laughs> will f- figure it out. Um, and and I will have a way f- for you to get in touch with us by next show. Okay. Because I oh, think... Oh, very exciting. Haiku contests are always the best. <laughs> the best. <laughs> <laughs> What is it? Haiku? Is it five five seven five? I believe. I, I believe it is. I believe it yeah. is. Although yeah. I, it would behoove us to know exactly the definition. Okay. <laughs> well, that's up to all of you. If you're going to write a haiku, you need to know what it is, and you need to look it up. So <laughs> let's let's just put it right on them. Um. Anyway, oh, I think I, it might be five five seven. I can't remember. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um. So I think uh, we we only have uh, like six or seven minutes left, and I want to make sure that we're talking about as much cooking as possible. Unlike well, I have a question for you. Yeah. What's the first thing that you remember cooking? Like, um, what's the oh. first thing that you remember cooking that like mattered to you? You know, that kind of put a spark on you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think I was probably in my early twenties before I stumbled across that. And, um, I grew up at a time when I was in my early twenties, there was a lot of stuff going on in the, you know, that, that was the late sixties, early seventies. I had run Mm -hmm. away to the Bay area, uh, because (laughs) stuff was happening there. And I lived it communally with a big house full of people and, it was interesting to me that wow. hardly anybody cooked. Okay. And and I grew up with a grandmother that insisted that I learn how to cook. So I sort of by default ended mm-hmm. up cooking for people. And I, I can't, I, that was the first experience I had with actually cooking on a meaningful level for people who appreciated, uh, okay. I'm not sure they appreciated my food, but they appreciated not having to cook themselves. <laughs> 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 and, but I can't think of a dish in particular that did it for me. Do you Do you know what yours was? I remember um, I had a French class in high school, and um, that teacher talked a lot about cooking. And so my grandma was the same way. She wanted us to learn how to cook, you know. And um, my mom was pretty was was you know just a, a person who um, you know grew up in the fifties, and so that era of convenience tv dinners and and yeah. frozen pizzas and opening cans she opened a lot of cans and she wasn't um a, a scratch cook per se but my grandmother was and so um uh what this french teacher was really the first person that talked about cooking outside of my family you know and so she was just talking about all the things that you would eat in france and she talked about this this tart just a it's just a regular fresh strawberry tart tart with like um patisserie cream in the bottom and fresh strawberries and then like an apricot glaze and so I remember making that from scratch and and I really liked making it and I really did not like cleaning up the mess (laughs) (laughs) ain't it the truth oh my gosh I made such a mess but um but yeah I think that was the first thing that I remember like really being proud of and and really um really enjoying making if that makes sense it's not that anything it was a drudgery to make anything before that but um, yeah, I think that was probably I don't know, fifteen, sixteen. That's that's that, that likely where your love of baking came from. I mean, yeah, I know that came from my grandma. She was such an extraordinary baker. 
everything was intuitive because she'd been doing it so long. You know, she had kids late. So she was in her 80s and 90s when I was a kid and a teenager. And so she just would take her, her arthritic, you know, crippled old hands and just take handfuls of flour and toss it in a big bowl. And, and just everything just went in by feel. And she just could make anything that way, which is, I can't, you know, a baking is such a science and it matters how much you have of stuff in there yeah. for it to turn out. I mean, it's not like cooking where so much cooking, you can just wing it because um, it turns out fine if there's half the amount of sauce or twice the amount of sauce or something. But man, you just can't mess around with like baking soda, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, she just did everything by feel. She was just really something. Well, by the time you're 80, You'll be, yeah. you know, you'll be there. You'll be there. Oh, no. No, I'm going to be <laughs> drooling in a corner. We can all tell that from this show. <laughs> well, my theory is why wait? <laughs> Just get to it. To cut to the chase. Ay, ay, ay. Well, um, I discovered something that was, that was a sauce for uh, a grilled um like a strip steak or like a flank steak. It was suggested as a a sauce for that or a brush on, you know, thing. Uh, But I really like it on roasted winter squash. And I mean like acorn squash, not like butternut squash, which I think of as being more delicate somehow than um, acorn or Danish squash. I like the really beefy squash. Uh, But it is a chipotle sauce with, um, it's just the canned chipotle chilies in adobo. And you use, you know, maybe like... uh, one chili chopped up at, out of that can and um, okay. maybe a tablespoon of the sauce. And then okay. you add uh, lime zest and fresh lime juice and wow. uh, and some salt and pepper. That and that delicious. It is really good. It would be good on uh, chicken and I, it, would, it doesn't have to be skirt or flank steak. It could, it could mm-hmm. be on, it would be great on fish. Uh, but it's also really oh. good on winter squash. That might, um, you know, I never thought about squash as just like an empty palate thing, like a chicken breast, you know? Yeah. But it is. You could do anything with it. I mean, yeah. I don't know why. I just never thought of that. Well, I mean, I think that we, you know, we all grow up, up having it however we had it. And in my yeah. world, it was always with uh, butter, salt, and pepper. Once in a while, a drizzle of maple syrup, but most often it was just butter, salt, and pepper. Yeah. Um, and I never thought about it either, but it's amazing how uh, welcoming it is to a whole bunch of stuff that you would normally think of using on, on meat or uh, animal protein. So Yeah, no, that sounds just delicious. Yeah, it's good. Huh. It's really good. There's a brown butter thing that I'll put on squash. Brown butter, um, a, a little bit of brown sugar, cinnamon, maple syrup, sage. And um, that's really good. That's really good. Brown butter and sage makes all the difference there. Yeah, yeah. Do you have sage in your like, garden? Um, no, but I have it in my freezer. It's weird because it has some kind of antifreeze in its leaves. Really? So, I've never. Yeah. And there's other there's other plants like that. I mean, because I used to live in Minnesota and there would be things that would like die in the winter. And then they just like in the spring they just like those same leaves would just like come back to life they were so weird wow. it wasn't it didn't grow new leaves but yeah so it doesn't turn to much like how if you put a whole basil leaf in the freezer 
you know, and then yeah. try to get it out of your Ziploc bag, it would just be mush. But um, the leaves stay really intact, and so you can chop them afterwards. That is so good to know. I did not know that, and I inevitably end up wasting part of a bunch of fresh sage because I haven't used it fast enough. Yeah, yeah. I just pop it in the freezer. I will totally freeze it's it. It's weird stuff. I freeze everything, you know, that good Lord. <laughs> 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 hey, we are coming to the uh, end of our rope here. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to take an, another second to thank everyone for Thank uh, you so much. Up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, tune in next time because we will have a way to contact us and be thinking about your haiku. Be Woo-hoo! thinking about it. Me but- and you, haiku. <laughs> <laughs> Linda Perkins, thank you so much. Thank you, Marianne Myers. So nice to hear from you. Always nice to talk to you. You'd better come on, come on, in my kitchen. Come on, cause it's gone to be raining outdoors.